This is the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast, and I'm your host, Trudy Simmons from the Daisy Chain Group, providing platforms for women entrepreneurs to be seen and heard. This platform is for women entrepreneurs that want to hear the real stories of what it takes to be yourself and run a business with all the different hats that you might have to wear. These are the stories of the tenacious, the rebellious, and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they want to build for themselves and their families. Hello and welcome to Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast. And today I am joined by the effervescent Julia Phillips from Potting Shed Events. Julia, thank you so much for being involved in the Shine On You Crazy Daisy volume three and the podcast. Please tell us about your business. Well, good morning, Trudy. Uh, So yes, I'm Julia Phillips. I'm from Potting Shed Events. We are an ethical event agency based in Hampshire, And we are less than six months old. We were only uh, set up in June this year. We deal with corporate events, uh, not private events, just corporate events, um, which is obviously coming back to life now after our lovely global pandemic that we've all been suffering from. Amazing. So what you talked about was how important was networking for you and your business at the beginning? So it's really interesting. Networking is something that I find deeply, deeply uncomfortable. I'm pretty good once I know somebody um, and once they've worked with me and I'm very good in a room with people that I'm comfortable with. But walking into a room where I don't know anyone filled me with horror. And I tried lots of different networking uh, groups. Uh, Some, I'm I'm not going to mention any of them (laughs) in particular. Some were horrific. Uh, Some were great. Um, But I actually settled on one in the end, uh, a Women in Business Network, WIBN, uh, based in Farnham at the time. I don't think it's still open. Mm. Um, And what I thought I was going to networking was I thought I was going to get business. But actually, given what I do and the kind of networking group I was involved in, the um, ladies in that group were not my client customers. They weren't people who were ever going to buy Um, event services from me so what I quickly realized is that actually networking for me in the beginning certainly was really useful for finding my tribe finding my support network having that other people are going through this Um, because I've never run a business before I was very much the accidental entrepreneur I was um, it was it was a decision I, I sort of fell into rather than positively always wanting to own my own business. So at the beginning, it was very, very important. I think what I've learned now is that I do still network now. Um, networking is not the quick fix. Networking is not the way to go out and get lots of business straight away. But interestingly, I still am connected with a number of those ladies. My biggest ever project came from one of those ladies, a friend of a friend of a friend. So it was a very um, slow burn. But as I say, that support network was what was invaluable to me in the early days of of business number one. I am nodding like a nodding dog. (laughs) Because it is so hard sometimes to get across to people how important networking is. Because it's not about the sale that you get in the room. It, I, especially over this last couple of years, it's been a lot more about mental health of coming together and saying where you are and how you feel. Um, uh, so you can do the next step in your business, that you're with people that get it. Absolutely. It's so important. And that slow burn. There are people that come along to one networking event and go, I didn't get a sale. I'm not doing it again. And I just think, oh, crikey. Yeah. To be in it. You've got to be in it to win it. Absolutely. And I don't know whether we as female entrepreneurs act slightly different to 
male entrepreneurs. I don't know if that's if our expectations are slightly different or, or quite what it is. So I think it's really important to try lots of different ones yeah. and find the one that fits for you. Yeah. I was really surprised. I was really reluctant to go into a women's only network. Mm. I work in an industry which is very male orientated, very male dominated. Yeah. So I was reluctant, I suppose, to make that my niche. But actually, the group there were amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it's finding the thing that works for you. It absolutely always is. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, you then merged with another business. What did you yeah. learn from merging with that business? So I think there were, there were positives and negatives as there are with any, um, any move that you make like that. Um, it felt at the time like a bit of a lifeline for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually a huge positive was I wasn't on my own anymore. So I was very much, I had somebody else. We were, we weren't equal business partners. I own 30, just over 30%. He owned the remainder, but it was somebody else to make those business decisions with. It didn't all rest on me. And that was quite a positive thing for me at the time, because um, I had felt exhausted from it all resting on my shoulders, I suppose. So that was a huge positive. I think, um, interestingly, when we did merge, lots of people, uh, accountants, lawyers, got very anxious at the fact that we weren't really talking very much about the kind of the structure and how is it going to work? And if we ever needed to, to split, how was that going to how is that going to happen? And we kind of both went into it very gentleman's handshake, if you like, um, which which worked for us. I think if I was to do it again, which I don't think I will, but if I was to do it again, I would be very conscious of the type of culture that that other business is. So my business was very much, I have always worked, I work harder than anybody else in my team. I'm the business owner. That's how I feel it should be. Um, It was very um, personal. I was very face-to-face with my clients. It was very, it was my baby, my business. Um, the, The company that we merged with was very much more structured as a professional, in inverted commas, uh, company should be. So it was all about the figures and the numbers and how we were going to grow and how we were going to expand. And and so we almost came at it from two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. And initially that was fine because initially almost like the honeymoon phase for the first year or so, that was absolutely fine. But gradually, as I talk about in my chapter, the cracks began to show and it was so... Looking back on it, it was so obvious at the start, but it I just didn't pick up on it at all. Mm. So I think that merge of cultures probably was the, the thing I would warn everybody or, yeah. or encourage everyone, actually not warn, because it would there were huge positives, but encourage everybody to to really look at. Don't worry so much about the legal and the financial pieces, although they're important to have good people in place, but but more how is this going to work on a long-term working relationship? How's that gonna how's that gonna play out for you? Yeah, and it's a very adulting thing to do. And I think that when, grown up. when we're when we're business women that know what we love and we want to do that, and we go into these things with kind of a a beautiful um, naivety. And I've just been through it as well, where um where getting those legal things most, but having the conversations, the hard conversations when it's all in that honeymoon period of, yeah, but what happens if this doesn't work and where do we get to and what does that mean 
it's really, really important because to have those hard conversations when you get on is yeah. a lot easier than when you when something might fall over. But I think it's even deeper than that. So I remember um, someone saying to me before I got married to my husband, have you had the conversation about are you going to have kids? Well, yes, we had. But how would you bring that? It's, it's understanding. Do our families come from similar backgrounds? Are we are we comfortable bringing up our children in a similar sort of way? It's more that kind of that kind of soft stuff which I think gets so easily overlooked because there is no box to tick. Mm. Um, and actually, I was very comfortable having that conversation with my future partner of my life, my husband, but I was deeply uncomfortable with the idea of having that conversation with my business. How are we going to manage out team members who weren't great? How are we going to recruit? What was important in recruiting? What kind of clients were we going to go after? What was the how did we want to behave in the world in our in terms of our PR and and all of those things? We weren't miles apart, but we just weren't in alignment with each other. This is such a brilliant conversation because if you did that checklist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I think that that is a lead magnet waiting to happen. But it is um, and to have those conversations and to know instantly whether there are cracks there they can either then be looked at and fixed or it's a no and and oh that's brilliant Julia thank you Um, when you left that business Mm -hmm. what have you changed in your business that better supports you from that experience so um you'd think that from doing that I'm all about the control because what happened in that last business was I lost I lost the leadership control that I had enjoyed previously. But actually, oddly, um, I had to have a year out. I was in a non-compete clause for a year. So that year out gave me time to reflect as the things I'd enjoyed and things I hadn't. And like a lot of people after the global pandemic, I'm looking to amplify the areas that I'm good at and that I enjoy. And I'm looking to try and reduce the areas that I I don't enjoy and I'm not good at. Mm. Um, I'm really good at building a team. I enjoy working with other people. Um, And I'm all about openness and transparency. So in the new business, I am setting it up very much more to share with other people. So historically, I've always been the most senior person. And then I've had people who are less experienced than me underneath me, whether they're older or younger or whatever, doesn't matter. But but, um, so I've always had to be the lead on on big projects and so forth. Um, And actually in this business, what I'm looking to do is set up so that we have equal people to me. So I'm looking at recruiting um, other event directors who will lead their own projects, who will account manage their own accounts, Mm -hmm. and who will very much run with their projects um, without needing my approval, uh, uh, authorization, and so on and so forth. And I think that frees me, because actually what happens in an event agency, and I'm sure it happens in other industries as well, um, is that once you get to a certain level, you are encouraged to come off the tools, as it were, come away from being operational and go into a managerial um, position. Yep. And unfortunately, that doesn't sit very well with me. I, I like I like what I, I love what I do. I love running events. I love going on site. I love seeing an event through to delivery. Mm. And so that kind of step up is why I think I would never perhaps suit a larger agency where I needed to do that because I was you know about to sit on the board or or whatever the case may be so um what I'm trying to do is set up an agency that works for for me and and the the qualities I know that I I possess Mm. Um, I'm equally going to my biggest thing that I'm going to do in this agency is I'm going to relish the quiet times 
because again, as a service-based industry, it's too easy when we're really quiet to kind of go into, particularly as the business owner, go into that panic mode of, where's the next project coming? What are we doing? And all that. And I think that's really, you're constantly living on on stress, on adrenaline, and that's not that's not right. No, no, so no. really relish the times. We're not we're not that busy at the minute. We've got we've had a phenomenal year, which is great. Our next big project doesn't kick in until um, March next year. So you know we've got a little bit of quiet time. We've got the odd bit and piece in yeah. between, but I'm trying to embrace that rather than go out hunting and looking for the next the next big thing building relationships um that is brilliant if there was one lesson that you would want every entrepreneur to know what would it be (laughs) that's really easy find your support network Mm -hmm. so I think everybody has um amazing friends or family or a partner who is their emotional support network that for me is is invaluable Mm -hmm. however I do think a business support network is completely different kettle of fish. Find your tribe who you can go and be completely honest with. You don't need to say, oh, yeah, no, business is great. Business is booming. You can say, we're having cash flow issues or I've got a team member that I can't work with and I don't know what to do. Or just find a place where you can go and be that honest, because actually, I think that's what's missing from a lot of entrepreneurs it gets portrayed often in the press as being super easy and super fun and it's really flexible and you can take all the time off you want because you're your own box and that's not true at all I mean there are fun elements it's it is can be super flexible you can to a point to take when you take your own holidays but it's it's not the whole picture and I think if you can find a network of people no matter how big or small around you who get that, who understand that, and that you feel you can be completely honest with, that will stand you in amazing stead. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, what is your favourite business book? Um, I'm not a huge fan of business books, I've got to be honest. I um, But I did many, many years ago have the privilege of working with um, a couple of motivational speakers. And the one that I always come back to um, is, will it make the boat go faster? Um, it's written by an Olympic rower and the premise essentially is um, are you everything you do should be designed to make your boat go faster whether that's your boat in business so to make your business slicker better more profitable grow faster whatever it is whether that's personal is it going to get you to your end goal all of your mini actions should lead up to your goal at the end and I think that's a really powerful lesson regardless of any industry that you work in it absolutely is julia this has been amazing and what a gift for people that may be thinking about going into partnerships or in any way so thank you so much for inspiring people to think bigger uh thank you for being involved in shiny crazy daisy and i look forward to seeing Uh what you do next yay thanks so much judy nice to speak to you thank you for listening If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. And if you're ready for more motivation, please go to my website and buy the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world. But wait, there's more. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership for knowledge, accountability, networking, co-working and support. We will give you the knowledge that you need in a workshop, and the support and encouragement to implement for the growth of your business. More details are available on my website, thedaisychaingroup.com.